And so back to the Sydney Observatory, our oldest for more of their residences, for those who love astronomy but come from other fields of interest. Last time it was from music, this time it's faith. Shelby Trainer reports. Oh my gosh, it's just chaos in here. Where do you get this from? Oh, I go to all sorts of scrap metal yards and I find it and I cut it up myself. And This is Shireen Tawil and this is her home studio where she spends a lot of her time with copper. So yeah, I, I'm definitely always experimenting, but I do learn from certain experiments that they're not as ideal. My artworks have a really in-depth inquiry into the material copper. And so I use sheet copper in most of my installations and sculptural work, and I embody them with a lot of piercings where I handsaw and remove the metal and engravings. The sculptures can take months, even years, to create. When they're done, they throw light and shadow across the room in fascinating patterns. The process is so directly related to my body and my capacity to work with my two hands, slowly hand-sawing or engraving and soldering and sanding and filing. And there's a lot of layers of process to the material, but I love it that my hands are on each step of that process. Shireen applied for the Sydney Observatory Residency Program to explore celestial navigation, specifically how migrants navigated by the night sky. Being a migrant of parents that have come from Lebanon and with my Islamic background and cultural practices, the stars and our sense of time and place has been really mapped out. And this idea of movement across land and sea really fascinated me across the Islamic sciences. She's taken inspiration from the observatory's navigation instruments, which date back to the 1800s. All these incredibly intricately made and crafted instruments that hold so much data and knowledge of how humans have tracked time and place with the stars and movement and change in the sky for hundreds of years in these instruments. So I was really focused at looking at them and thinking about their materiality. So a lot of them are crafted so beautifully in brass and soft metals. They just seemed so ornate and so sophisticated that I thought this would be such a wonderful gateway to open up this inquiry about how humans have moved across land and sea for millennia and that relationship between the sky and land has been one that's inherited from the beginning and where is it going like I love it as an artist it allows you to be so forward thinking and project onto like speculative future so it really was exciting to accumulate all this information and knowledge and these questions. Despite the historical nature of her research many of the questions that came out of this experience were about our future in space and what it's going to look like. That's something that I'm interested in as an artist, putting that speculation into the space industry. Well, if we're going to evolve into regular space travel for certain people, well, what are those experiences going to look like? Who's mapping that? Who are the astro-architects? Is anyone thinking of building sacred sites or temples? Or is anyone considering a mosque? Astronauts have said that they've had these really 
spiritual experiences once they've been in space and they're looking at the planet Earth and there's a moment they have that's really embedded in their own spirit and their own sense of who they are. Would we build a space for that? Would we build some form of architecture for people to have an experience? This is the first roll of ink, and then the, those ones out there were like... While Shireen is used to working with sculptures, for this project, she's also delving into printmaking. When you look at the ink really close up, it almost sits really thickly on the paper. <laughs> Using red ink, she's repurposing the markings on navigation instruments and bringing them to life on the red planet. And I'm using darker reds and tones that speak back into the landscape and the minerals of Mars. Yeah, I'm really invested in the sense of sacred architecture in space and thinking of these environments and how they would inform the architecture of space and how we would experience space in them. Places of worship on the Moon or Mars might not be NASA's first priority, But humans already have a habit of building churches and temples in the most remote places, on the tops of mountains, in Antarctica. And as Shireen reminded me, even now, religion and science aren't as separate as they might seem. I feel like the way the space industry has moved, it's moved away from all these cultures that have given hard science what it is today of our understanding of space and the stars and time. These astrolabes that would tell us the time of day, that would the sunrise and the sunset, that's really prominent to how we fast, let alone the orientation direction of the Qibla towards Mecca where we pray. And these are all connected to celestial bodies. For millennia, arts and science and spirit have been embodied all together. There hasn't been this siloed separation. And I think for us to feel part of the world today, they always need to cross over into each other. For me as an artist, I can't see them separated. Even the materiality of what I work with copper has so much science behind it with like its conductive materiality and its heating treatment. The joinery of silver was my material and let alone the patinas I apply, it's all science in a way. Her work has prompted conversations with astronomers and artists alike. It's such an incredible exchange, and I think that's the beauty of the residency. It allows this cultural exchange between creative thinking and science thinking and knowledges. It was really incredible to pick their very big, juicy brains. (laughs) After coming out of that residency, I can see how important those relationships are. I just feel like that door needs to open up more to bring in this multitude of incredible voices and perspectives of astronomy. Shireen Tawil there. And if you'd like to see her work, we'll have some images up on the Science Show website. Now to another poem from the Outer Space Collection, edited by Midge Goldberg. This one is Dr. Rendezvous Takes Communion on the Moon, written and read by Liz Al. Buzz Aldrin, Apollo 11, July 1969. Later, the fire of re-entry. Later, depression medicated by drinking. Later, sobriety 
therapy, the final wrestling free from the prison of a hard father's surveilling regard. Later still, past 70, a left hook to lay flat out a moon hoax conspiracy theorist who called him a liar, a coward. Instead of test pilot school, he chose the doctoral dissertation on rendezvous techniques for manned orbiting vehicles, earning the nickname. One part admiration, one part the cocksure bully's jab at any egghead. But when he solved the unsolvable problem of Gemini's required spacewalk, not with brute force or test pilot bravado, but with a scientist's cold, slow methodology, he found a place in that uneasy brotherhood. After the landing, before the one small step, he pulled from his pocket the tiny chalice, the vial, the slender wafer, spoke reverent words about the vine and the fruit, drank and ate the blessed sacrament. Where most others saw, could only see, two hopelessly separate and reeling vessels, he knew enough of both math and mystery, of both faith and reason, to work out a slender algorithmic prayer to guide them into alignment, to devise the rendezvous required. Lizzo, born nine months after the first moon landing, reading her poem, Dr. Rendezvous, takes communion on the moon from the book Outer Space, A Hundred Poems. Shelby Trainor was our guide at the artist's studio with all that copper.